What is the most practical question that we can ever ask? Well, we're invited to ask it today. Most practical question that touches on everything is this. Is there a God? And if so, what's he like? And too often, the most important question we spend the least time on. When really, that is the deciding factor of how we're going to live our lives. Because if there is no God, then we are fools. And what are we doing? We need to close up shop and go home. But if there is a God, then our lives suddenly have more meaning than we could ever imagine. And not only if there is a God, but if this God wants to be in relationship with us, then that means something spectacular. That means that I'm not just a cosmic accident. I am not just this uh, meaningless but intricately organized blob of cells. No, no, no. I am one that was willed into existence. I'm one that has a purpose and one who is loved. So this is the key question of our entire lives. Is first of all, is there a God? And what's beautiful is that even just looking at creation, even just looking at ourselves, without the aid of the Bible, we could already know that there is. That's the beautiful thing, is that even before Christianity, people could think their way to God. Every single uh, culture that we have ever encountered had some sort of an idea that there must be more, that there is a divinity. They would sometimes project human characteristics onto a pantheon of gods. They would say like, oh man, God must be like us, but more. So, I don't know, one of the gods is going to be like super strong, and the other god is going to be like super mm, smart. And they would project human characteristics because they knew that there was more, but they didn't quite know what this more was. Others would see the effects in all of creation and say there must be a God of our locality here. There must be a God of rain. There must be a God of wind. There must be a God of uh, all sorts of these natural phenomena. But there was this understanding of behind all that there is, there must be something more. Our minds tell us that already. That order does not just come from chaos. That if something is in movement, something had to be the first mover. If I am dependent, I'm here dependent on my parents, right? I wouldn't be here if they hadn't gotten to know each other. But they wouldn't be here if it weren't for their parents. And you keep on going further and further back in this chain of being. And you realize that all of us are links in this chain, but something has to be holding that chain up. There are countless ways that we can prove that there is a God. But what's beautiful about today's feast, the solemnity of the Most Holy Trinity, is that this God revealed himself. He showed us not just that he is, but who he is. And that changes everything. That means that you have a dignity that this world cannot take away because you are worth God's time. He wants to have a relationship with you. He has revealed himself to you. But do you spend the time to get to know this God who wants to show himself to you? Because he let us know that he is there, 
that there is one God that has to be the ground of all being, the prime mover, all that, that's great. But then he loved us enough to then start to show us a little bit about that one God. And so with the people of Israel, he progressively revealed himself, right? As they grew in their capacity to understand him, he revealed more and more and more. He revealed that he's not just this distant God, but that he wants to have a fatherly care and protection over his people. He revealed to them that they were not made because he needed them, but out of love and pure generosity. And then, when they were ready for it, he showed them something that completely shocked them and should amaze us too. That God is not only more than a static force, right? He's not just this like impersonal force that created and then left. He's not only what holds all of creation in being. No, he is personal. And he has to be. Because if us being a person... It makes us somehow greater than the rest of creation, right? If you realize like, oh, a rock, that exists. I also exist. I can write poetry. The rock's just there, (laughs) right? If I realize that being a person is somehow a more excellent thing than not being a person, then how can I think of God as impersonal, as just this force, the universe? No, no, no. God is a person. And you're like, oh my gosh, so that means that I can have a relationship with him, that he loves me. And then he revealed himself To not just be a person, but a communion of persons. That he is three co-equal persons that make up one God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This eternal and beautiful exchange of love. That the Father from all eternity, before anything was made, God already was. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Father was pouring him out, giving himself to the Son in love. The Son was pouring himself out, giving him in love to the Father. And that love between them was so profound, so perfect, that it is, in fact, the Holy Spirit. And that eternal dance of love has been going, well, eternally. What's beautiful about that? It means there's space for you in there. God, perfect in himself, invites us into that eternal exchange of love. He created us in his image and likeness, so we need each other too. We were made for a community with each other, but we were ultimately made for communion with God. He invites us to be filled with the Holy Spirit, so that then, filled with the Holy Spirit, we could become members of Christ, members of his body. We can be so intimately united with him that we could say we are one with him, and then we can participate in his eternal gift of self to the Father. Right? What's beautiful is that the Trinity didn't need us. God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were perfectly content as they were, but they created out of love, and they lift us up to live within that communion of love. That's what heaven is. But I mentioned that this is the most practical question you'll ever ask, and so far you might be like, Father, you're like abstract, like this feels like a philosophy class or a theology class, and How does this affect my life? Well, there's this uh, little thing that was written maybe uh, 30, 40 years ago. And it's called the Arupe Prayer because it was attributed to Pedro Arupe, uh, the head of the Jesuits. But in fact, it might have been Joseph Whelan who wrote it. None of that matters as much as the actual text. And so that's what I'll go to right now. He writes... 
Nothing is more practical than finding God, than falling in love in a quite absolute final way. What you are in love with, what seizes your imagination, will affect everything. It will decide what will get you out of bed in the morning, what you do with your evenings, how you spend your weekends, what you read, whom you know, what breaks your heart, and what amazes you with joy and gratitude. Fall in love, stay in love, and it will decide everything. Friends, we try to avoid the question of God so much. We distract ourselves. We say, I'm too busy, right? Or life is too crazy. Or maybe once the kids are grown, or uh, once I retire, or once life just settles down a little bit. Once I get to this point in my life, that's when I'll start taking the God question more seriously. Tomorrow's never promised. And the Lord invites you now to be able to connect to Him through every aspect of who He is. That that you can find in Him that Father whose love you desperately need. Uh, that, That Father who will finally give you that attention and validation that you've always sought everywhere and never may be found. That God the Son comes to be with you at your level. That he actually came to experience the human condition so that you can never say, I'm alone and you don't know what I feel like. He could say, no, no, I've been in your skin. (coughs) I know what it's like. And I'm right there beside you. Or God, the Holy Spirit. In those moments where we think we are so incapable, that we are just not up to the task, that we were somehow made inadequate for what life is throwing at us, that we can be filled with His very life and know that He's within us. Within us, surrounding us, as our destination, as our origin. That is the God that we love. But do we spend time getting to know Him? We might think that we're too busy to be in love with God. We might think we're incapable of knowing Him and loving Him. Because, you know, all of these theological concepts, I don't know if I can do that. You can. Your mind and your heart were specifically built to know and to love God. So I pray that on this solemnity of the Trinity, you may be able to dedicate yourself once more to that most beautiful work of coming to know the one who knows you perfectly, of coming to love the one who loves you totally, of reigniting your relationship with the Father and with the Son and with the Holy Spirit. And it's to that, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that we give all honor and glory forever and ever.